G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Hi, I'm Ian Williams, and with me is Matt Daly and Wade Bell. And look, this week we're going to look at how to spot and plan for a summer feed deficit. So, guys, let's get stuck in. Yep. How do you know we've got a problem? That's, com- that, that's coming to me first. Straight uh, to you, Wade. Straight, straight, straight to, you, straight mate, to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. So uh, the first kind of most obvious sign is that uh, you might have things like cows are dropping in production. Uh, you might have cows uh, that are grazing paddocks out much much quicker than than you might uh, uh, normally expect. Your pre-grazing levels are uh, are starting to decline or have declined. So there's kind of a combination of factors. But those are all things that you see after the fact. Right. Uh, and in an ideal world, you probably want to you know start planning for those things before the event. Yeah. So so that's like the reactive approach. Yeah. So if the the proactive, I suppose, approach would be if you see if you're budgeted and you're seeing your feed wedge diminish in front of you. So um, you've probably also planned out your supplement use as well. Yep. So you're probably, either, if you're using solages, they're going backwards. Yeah. Um, yep. And as Wade says, your pastures are too. So it depends on on how you look at your system, I suppose. Yeah. I think that point on the feed wedge is, is actually really underutilized, um, you know, and just seeing what what is coming up. So – you know that uh, is there a big hole in the feed wedge, and and farmers have all sorts of ways in which they do that. You know, some go out there and formally kind of measure and plate meter and do all their do all their thing. Others can kind of see it looming. You know, they go, "Oh, that paddock's coming up; it's middle of the rotation at the moment. And nothing's coming, and as and nothing's coming, and you know, there's a big gap uh, and a big hole coming up. So it's a really good way to get a a visual on, you know." What's what's down the pipeline? So some farmers are going to be walking their farms. They're going to be, you know, I mean, they they will know um, what kind of residuals they're leaving behind. Yeah. Other farmers, I mean, how do you sense it? What I mean, you know, what sort of stuff? I think well, you look up, eyes yep. up, kind of thing. Um, you look at your cows. Yep. You look at your pasture, and you look at what you've actually got on hand. So, and that that's what creates your feed budget, really, isn't it? You've got your pasture, you've got your demand. And you've got your supplements in there. So look up is, yeah. is my kind of terminology or thought. So does production come into this at all or? Mm, well, yeah. It, uh, it all, it, <laughs> it's always a pretty key uh, fundamental to, to a dairy system. If you see it? the vet dropping, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. you, you yeah. know about it. Yeah, yeah. No, so you certainly see, uh, you know, you certainly see it through declining production. But ideally, um, again, you want to go to those more proactive measures where you see the issue coming before the production starts to manifest itself in the vet and you start making your decisions then around your feed sources before you get to the point where you're experiencing a, a major deficit. Yeah, so, I mean, look, in crude terms, I mean, how how do you define the size of your gap? Just what do you, I mean, yeah. what, like, so, so look, we've got a developing feed, feed deficit ahead of us. Yeah. How do you define it? What, what are sort of the, what are some of the parameters? What are some of the rules of thumbs that, oh. that you might use? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like rules of thumb because uh, they're nice and simple to remember. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you, uh, as a farmer, you're starting to sense those really low summer growth rates and, you know, obviously that happens in the upper North Island fairly early in the piece, but if you're getting growth rates of five or 10 a day, uh, and you might have a cow, a cow demand of 15 a day, well, you're short 10 kilos a cow a day right? when it's really severe, 10 kilos a cow a day for 30 days, you're 300 kilos, uh, short for the month. So 
you can, without doing any really complicated feed budgeting maths, you can start to get a feel for, you know, am I just a little bit short or actually am I a, a lot short and, and how and, am I going to fill it? I mean, I suppose that has all implications in terms of buying feed and that sort of stuff later on, but we can cover that in a few minutes. Yep. Um, so, 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 okay, so you've got a feed deficit. How do you know whether it's a quantity issue or a quality issue? I mean, at the moment, we're seeing a lot of stalk. We've come through a very growthy spring. So uh, have we actually got a feed deficit or have we got a quality problem? I've, you're going to find yourself, if you're in a deficit, it's quantity. Right. Quality doesn't matter because you, you need that feed to feed the animal. And and I know, Wade, you're, you're hot on this topic, but um, the quality comes in later and, and how we can plug that in possibly with a supplement um, in that space. Yeah, my, my view on that, Ian, is that you've got what you've got. By the time you get to the, you know, you get to this phase in the summer, uh, your ability to manipulate quality. So you've got the feed, you've yeah. got the feed in the bunker if that's what you've got. You've got the feed on the ground. Those are set. You, you, you can't change them now. So then it's just purely down to, in most cases, just dry matter, just the quantity of dry matter yeah. and budgeting that dry matter out through to the rest of the, through the rest of the season. I think that that's the thing is, is your expected expectations of the season. So what yeah. your production goals are and, and payouts probably going to come into it as well. But how long do you expect these girls to keep on going? And that's why I said condition earlier. So okay. under, understanding the, the long-term goal. So with your farmers down south, I've got irrigation. Is quantity an issue down there or is that a more of a quality issue? So we, we do still get into quantity yeah. uh, issues. Uh, ryegrass, as we know, still um, struggles under high temperatures. So yes, we're going to fall into that. But they might also be restricted for water as well. So there are times a year that um, the taps are turned off effectively or we have to monitor how we're using it. So there are impacts and quantity will probably come into that as well. Okay, so we've got a feed deficit. Just a, let's, we've got we've got a feed deficit. What are you going to do about it? What a farmer? What can farmers do about it? I mean, obviously, you want them. I, I want them to feed as much maize into yeah. their feed deficit as possible. Do. Here we go. Oh, one idea. Take, yeah. <laughs> didn't take very long. Four minutes into the podcast, exactly. the maize man comes to the fore. Uh, well, look, uh, my thinking around that is uh, one thinking about the size of the hole relative to the system and the resources that you've got on hand. So, uh, you know, you can manipulate demand and you can manipulate supply or do a mix, mix of both, yep. right? So um, if you generally systems one to three have got a limited amount of resource available on farm, whether that be grass silage, maize silage, you know, whatever whatever stores, feed stores. I mean, got, by definition... I yeah. mean, the system one to three, it means that they're not going to be bringing in much feed, are they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So quite a low, uh, quite a low metric, right, yeah. for, for the amount of feed that they're likely to have on hand. So they're, they're generally likely to lean more towards, okay, well, if we're under some pressure or we see that pressure coming, we'll probably manipulate the demand back a little bit, yep. early culls, yep. uh, and then really budget out and feed, that, feed the reserves that they've got. Uh, and then if the pressure's on, you know, with a late dry or a long dry, then purchase feed. Okay, so 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 we're going to reduce demand. Mm. How do we increase supply? What 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 are the options that farmers have got available to them? Well, increasing supply when we've got a a deficit, it has to come in the gate, doesn't it? And yep. so then we've got um, decisions to make around what feed, yep, um, what's available. Um, generally, if it if we're in a deficit, prices are starting to increase. Yep. Um, so your supplement supplementation is going to be uh, coming out of cost, and so doing your numbers around that and that. 
you know, the old five percent rule starts to come in yeah. there, and so that's a podcast topic. In itself, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. absolutely. Yeah, so we, we won't unpack that just yeah, yet, no, but yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you and I, Wade, know a farmer that actually just goes for the cheapest form of energy. Is that always the best option? Yeah, um, in most cases, the answer to that is yes. Uh, and I'd say, when I say most, I'd say 95%, probably uh, that cheapest form of energy, cheapest form of dry matter is going to do the job. The exceptions are if the dry period or the feed deficit is really long, then you may start to run short of the feed types to actually make a diet. You know, right. if it's really extreme, you go, oh, I've run out of forages, so you can't just feed you know, 10 kilos of palm kernel, for example, you know, you really start to become limited by what you've got available. Uh, the other exception to it is that if you've got really high producing cows uh, and that's the way your system is designed and set up, then you're, you know, the, the, when you're getting into proteins and, you know, really specific uh, nutritional requirements, then that might actually influence your choice. What about next season, though? How important is it thinking about next season? I mean, you got to be you got to be planned. Yep. Um, we love the story about stored feed because that's what fits um, fits systems well. Um, I think about Chris Glassy's work and the amount of times that we're actually getting into these deficits and how much that's actually impacting our or pasture production. So um, it's not a surprise, and that's what Chris's work is showing. Plan. Be proactive. Be that as we talked about at the start. Um, either make make more forages early on, um, or or be be ready for a dry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you can add a bit of colour to that, Ian, because you you have actually spoken to Chris Glassy a few times about the you know that work around summer dry and what it's doing to pasture production, particularly in the Upper North Island. We don't have to worry about Matt just at the moment because he he just has this rain that comes down steadily. There's big steel the things. That well, go it's interesting. Well. It's interesting. So so look, I, I do want to talk about that in another podcast because yep. we are actually out of time. But but you know the variation in the the the, the, the dry matter supply from one year to the other, even down south in yep. irrigation, Lincoln. we're seeing yep. huge variation. So that's going to be another topic in itself. Look, just in just in wrapping up then. We need to keep an eye an eye on the feed wedge. We need to cull early if if that's you know get get our get our lazy cows out of the system. Um, we need to budget, so that's really really important. So we just have an idea of what reserves we've got available to ensure that the diet works. Buy early if we can, because and buy the cheapest form of energy we can, cheapest form of dry matter, and then just look. Speak to your consultants. Or speak to your speak to people who you trust, who you know. Speak to good farmers because mm. they're going to be able to help you. If you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to talk to you about this. Contact us through pioneer.co.nz. We're always really keen to hear of your thoughts. Once again, if you want us, if there's some stuff that this has raised in this in this podcast that you want us to explore further, get in touch. Um, you can find us on all the mod, ma, uh, major podcast platforms. Just search Feed for Thought and tune in for next time because next time we're actually going to cover do you actually need protein in summer? Uh, that's Ooh. a good quote because that's pretty controversial. Yeah, we, we started to touch on it today. Yeah, that's so, right. So yeah, quite you know, how do we and, – and, and does maize fit in summer? I'm yeah. going to say it does straight up. Yeah. But, of course, yeah, you we'll know. have to take your eye patch off for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. right. Okay. So, look, look, we look forward to catching up. Tune in next time.